Man, what's good? This is your boy DJ94 back with another episode. Y'all already know who it is, your boy. Back grinding on that NBA news. As promised, we have another move that I think needs to be uh, paid attention to. We have a three team trade happening between OKC Thunder, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Atlanta Hawks, all making a mutual. De- decision that just got finalized and now Carmelo is on the way to the Hawks while OKC Thunder get Dennis Schroeder. So we're going to review that real quick. After this break, I'll read the official article and go into my two cents about it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's going on? And we're back with more talk that is. This is your co-host. This is your host. Woo, co-host. Host, DJ94. On this podcast, man, we're back. Coming off the break, as promised, we're going to dive right into this Carmelo trade between him and Dennis Schroeder and the Philadelphia 76ers. Exactly what it entails. And this is coming from Bleacher Report, guys. So bear with me. I'm going to read this off of uh, Bleacher Report. We're not going to read the whole entire uh, background of the trade, but I will be reading the the trade in regards to Carmelo Anthony and Dennis Schroeder. So let's dive right into it. Again, this is coming from Bleacher Reports, Scott Cunningham. He says, the old saying is you can't get blood out of a turnip. However, pen that item hadn't met Sam Presti. The Oklahoma City Thunder front office was engineered a reported deal that will send Carmelo and a 2022 protected first round pick to Atlanta as part of a three team trade per ESPN's Adrian Windhorse. Melo is expected to be released. The Hawks will also receive swingman Justin Anderson from Philadelphia, while the 76ers get big man Mike Muscala from Atlanta. In return, Oklahoma City will get three pieces, point guard Dennis Schroeder, swingman Timothy Luau Cabarat, and a trade exception worth $10.9 million per the Washington Post, Tim Bontops. The popular opinion among folks at NBA Summer League was that Melo's OKC tenure would end with the buyout. With the ability to stretch that amount over three seasons, the Thunder could have saved nearly $100 million in luxury taxes next season. Anthony also held a no-trade clause he could have used as a roadblock, but he relaxed that to expedite his departure. If merely saving money would have improved the Thunder, perhaps that they would have gone in that direction. But Anthony was an asset. He was still a part that could be used to move the team forward. Once a player is waived, he represents dead money that can be traded. Instead, Presti left the salvage yard with a brand new engine. OKC saved money in the trade. Though it was no salary dump, Schroeder still has three years and $46.5 million left on his deal. The potential tax bill is slashed from nearly $150 million to $88.8 million. The total team cost falls from an estimated $308 million to $238 million. Things are still fluid. For example, the Thunder can trim costs even more by releasing and stretching forward Kyle Singler, 
Although, like Anthony, he's still part of part a part if needed to balance out a future trade. Finances aside, the swap is another move toward the identity OKC wants to forge on the court. Step one was resigning Westbrook last summer. Step two was getting Paul George, who never even took a meeting with his hometown Lakers, on board. It comes with trading Anthony and bringing in the right pieces. The Thunder have been preaching pace this offseason. OKC has been a top 10 team in possession per game since 2011-2012. It fell to 15th last year with and while Anthony Style contributed, he's not alone. Back back backup point guard Raymond Felton played with a pace of 95.7 possessions per game in 2017-2018 while below the 101 West Russell Westbrook put up. Though OKC resigned Felton, he may have to scoot down another seat on the bench. Schroeder would inherit the bench score role the likes of James Harden Reggie Jackson and Deion Waiters previously filled. The offense shouldn't come to a jarring halt when the former MVP takes a breather. Schroeder was just behind Westbrook last season and generating points out of pick and rolls according to Synergy. And this is a tweet from Synergy Basketball that reads, quote, Dennis Schroeder ranks sixth in the NBA, creating, assisting, or scoring 17.2 points per game out of the pick and roll season, just behind Russell Westbrook, who finished fifth at 19.9 per game and points. There are good reasons the Hawks were ready to, to part with their starting point guard on the court. He's a career 32% three-point shooter and a bit undersized at 6'1", 172. He also clashed occasionally with former coach Mike Budenholzer and was in the way of former Oklahoma Sooners star Trey Young, Atlanta's first round pick. Schroeder was also charged with a misdemeanor, which stemmed from a September fight at an Atlanta hookah bar. In March, the DeKalb County District Attorney recommended felony charges. The case remains open. It's a situation the Thunder undoubtedly took into account when making the trade. By adding Schroeder and Nerland's Noel this summer, Oklahoma City is giving its culture significant, a significant stress test. This last paragraph. Yet, Schroeder is a fierce competitor, a quality he will find in abundance to Oklahoma City. Hawks writer Kevin Schuenard noted as much on Twitter. He says, quote, recording at, at Atlanta Land 29 pod right now and just mentioned this idea. OKC's competitiveness will feed his soul. Moving from starter to six man could be an issue for Schroeder, but the Thunder got ahead of that potential issue. Windhorse reported Presty and head coach Billy Donovan were granted permission to speak with Schroeder before the trade. And according to Bleacher Report, senior writer Rick Butcher, Westbrook is Schroeder's favorite player. All right, y'all. So that's the article from Bleacher's Report. And they say a little bit more about what Philadelphia is getting. But that's not the focus here. Philadelphia didn't get anything that will improve or make them worse. So essentially, they're not as important in the topic compared to Dennis Schroeder and Carmelo Anthony swapping places. So let's dive into this, y'all, man. Let's talk about this for a second, because I think I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's start with Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think Carmelo Anthony 
though I don't I didn't like him with Oklahoma City, I think he's getting the 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 cheaper end of the stick or when it comes to this trade and the narrative that's coming with it as being a guy that's being presented as old and washed up and he refuses to go to the bench. I want to remind you guys that though I'm not really a Carmelo fan, I respect his art and I respect his game. It's an old school game. It's post up to the basket. It's go to work. It's, you know, all about shooting, which when Carmelo gets the ball and he you let him do his thing, he can be one of the best offensive pieces in the league. Um, I do think his game has rec- reclined a little bit due to age and father time just being undefeated for him. But ultimately, that has to do be predicated with his diet and him keeping his body in NBA shape for a whole entire season. I don't think that should be the reason this narrative should be created. The reason why I didn't like this whole setup with Carmelo coming to OKC, and I said this, I said it's going to slow down what they were trying to do offensively, um, and Billy Donovan would have a hard time convincing Carmelo to take a lesser role or come off the bench if that was a conversation that needed to be had, which ended up happening. And as you can see, Carmelo said, no, I'm, I'm a star in this league. I believe I can still play at a star level. I am a starter and nothing less. <clears throat> now, here's why I believe it's going to happen. I believe, obviously, and there's some talks out there on the grapevine that the Houston Rockets could pick pick up a Carmelo Anthony. I think he does need to go to, to the Houston Rockets. Because obviously they just lost Trevor Ariza and Mba Amute to uh, different teams that were going to offer them more money. And right now with the, re- the remainder of their money being drawn towards being tra- uh, drawn towards Clint Capella, they really need a competent shooting forward. So or small fort. So what what better fit than Carmelo Anthony because he knows he knows CP3. CP3 knows how he plays and I ultimately think that going forward it would be an upgrade for the Rockets to get Carmelo because if you look at how they lost to the Warriors, it was because James Harden and company shot all those threes and they didn't have a guy outside of CP3 who was injured that could go and hit mid-range shots or slow the game down and continue to control potential in the half, uh, excuse me, control possession and tempo in the half court. So when you have a guy like Carmelo and you say, okay, Carmelo, in these last, these last five minutes of the fourth, we need you to go to work. We need you to go get us a bucket in the post and get a, get us into the half court. I think he can do that. I think he can still be a very good ISO player. So that's why I think he's he is um, getting the, the 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 bad end of the stick because this this whole OKC style of play does not fit a guy like Carmelo. And let me also point out that I love Westbrook. I love his competitiveness. I've watched him since he was at UCLA. But let me remind people that this makes Car this makes Westbrook. This makes us kind of look at Westbrook a little side-eyed because let's let's talk about this for a second. Westbrook has gone through a lot of pieces in his career that went on to be successful in other places. I.e., not this this is not even talking about Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is an all-world talent. 
Um, clearly one of the top two players in the association right now. But ultimately, he ran off a the, the he ran off a guy and Dion Waiters who went on to be successful in Miami. <clears throat> he just recently ran off Victor Oladipo, and his numbers have drastically picked up since he's left and went to Indiana. James Harden, uh, though it wasn't had nothing to do with Westbrook, but the fluidity of the offense got taken away. Um, when and James Hart ultimately became the superstar stud we know him of the MVP of this association when he went to Houston. These, but the ones we really need to pay attention to are Deion Waiters and Victor Oladipo. And now we have Dennis Schroeder coming in, who's basically another Victor, Victor Oladipo and potential because he's led a team before and he's been the guy. So going back to what was talked about in the report, it says that. Dennis Schroeder is going to be taking a bench role, but, and he says, he's saying all the right things, but as I tell people, I'm like, you know, yeah, players are going to say the right things, just like NBA teams say the right things. But the thing is, <clears throat> how, all, how is that going to exist throughout a season? Because you can only, you can only take, tell a guy who's led a team and been that piece for a franchise that he's going to come off the bench and be a scoring asset. For so long before you ask, when is it that I'm going to be able to start? I think that the OKC Thunder should consider maybe switching Schroeder to the two, playing Paul George at the uh, at the power forward, and having Roberson and Adams as your starting lineup. Or at least down the stretch in your fourth quarter, having that be OKC's version of their death lineup. <clears throat> because... You have guys that can switch. You have guys that can score. They don't have a weakness in possession because Dennis Schroeder is one of the fastest guards, I believe, point guard-wise in the league. I mean, he's up there with the Kyrie Irvings. He's up there with the Russell Westbrook just behind him, as read in the Bleacher Report. And obviously, it can make them a better possession team. This move is great for the OKC Thunder because ultimately they, they just cut their luxury tax for next year in half. They they went from $150 million right on down to $88.8 million. Ultimately, that's a smooth move, and you, you, you got to give Sam Presti yet, yet another round of applause. He's, uh, to me, I think Sam Presti is one of the up, most underrated GMs in the Western Conference. I mean, the guy, all the guy does is go get Mellow last year when his stock was still high. All the guy does is pull the pull the trigger and go get <clears throat> Paul George, which he resigned this year. Um, I'm not gonna give him all the credits. I know Westbrook had his hands to do and to be uh, to be in that, but still, Sam Presti managed to pull that off. Even though a lot of people were whispering and saying that Paul George is going to L.A., a lot of people. You've got to realize this guy has bought in the likes of James Harden and KD, which are all MVPs along with Russell Westbrook. So you factor that in and, and, and the fact that a lot of people are looking at the underrated move he made of bringing in Nerland's no Noel, which I think is going to be good for them to add depth with him being another big man they can go to off the bench or even put in the game when they're trying to get physical and go for rebounds and get people in foul trouble. Because he's athletic and he can move uh, a little better than what Adams can move for OKC Thunder. So this move is, this makes 
the West just impossible to me. <laughs> and uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch if you're in the West. But it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna make a lot of teams that are good this year that were good like Utah to an extent LeBron's Lakers um, the Denver Nuggets San Antonio Spurs these are great teams but they're gonna look good in comparison to OKC Houston and obviously the defending champions uh, Golden State Warriors because these guys have depth these guys have a system. And these guys have some chemistry now that they've been together. So I think these are things you have to watch out for. Now, obviously, as I cover, I think Carmelo Anthony gets waived or requests to get waived from the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think the Atlanta Hawks have a need for them because they're in total rebuild mode and they're putting all their stock in Trey Young. And like I, we'll have a conversation about Trey Young on another podcast because I think he's a one, he's a two-year project, not a one-year project. Um, he's not going to be your saving grace in year one, <clears throat> but they're trying to make him the franchise player. And obviously they threw some salt and, and pretty much tarnished the remaining bridge they had with Dennis Schroeder when you drafted a player like Trey Young and basically said we're moving another direction. Now, rightfully deserved, but we can't ignore the report regarding Dennis Schroeder. And the fact that he's in a little bit of trouble now with DeKalb County. And like I said, I'm from Atlanta, so DeKalb County police definitely don't play when it comes to fisticuffs happening in, pl- in clubs. And especially if, these, the, if whoever the victims are trying to sue, that's kind of not good for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, this, this case is still pending, so it's still going on. So we're going to definitely see what happens there. I think that's going to be a factor that's going to be played in. Do I think that Dennis Schroeder is a bad kid? No. I just think he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he's still young. Uh, he's still a guy that, you know, has that young man's mentality. But now you're with a guy like Russell Westbrook who demands excellence from all of his uh, his uh, players and is going to lead through example. And so I think that would be good for Dennis Schroeder because obviously Dennis Schroeder has said that Russell Westbrook is one of his favorite players. And maybe that might work out with him coming off the bench. But ultimately, I think it's going to boil down to how far – can OKC go come playoff time? I think they can go pretty far. Can they challenge Golden State now? I would have said yes if the team would have remained the same because I think they can match up pretty well with Roberson in the lineup for them. But also, I just don't know now because I don't think – you got to put it on paper now. Even if DeMarcus Cousins does come back and he's not his normal self <clears> – <throat> I would still take him over Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel because he's just that dominant, and the guy is gonna come back before the playoffs. So I think this it, it's gonna be interesting watching that big man battle unfold, especially because Demarcus Cousins can step out and take threes if you want him to. So he's a very flexible, very versatile big that fits the old school way of how the centers were used, but also goes into the modern day center of being a piece that can step out for you and be a stretch five, which is amazing. The only flaw to DeMarcus Cousins' game, I would say, that could help OKC is going to be possession and tempo. Obviously, with DeMarcus Cousins being a big guy, it's going to be hard for him to get up the court all the time. And if you keep the ball moving at a fast rate, you could get DeMarcus Cousins in some foul trouble and you can fluster him and perhaps get him a tech and get him up out of there. But... I think 
that's something that Billy Donovan's got to figure out. And ultimately, I think that <clears throat> Billy Donovan this year, if he does not make at least the semifinals or even the Western Conference Finals, I think that Billy Donovan will be on the hot seat because now you have no excuse because you get a piece like Dennis Schroeder, you have Nerlens Noel, you have depth in the PG or shooting guard or center or power forward positions that you didn't have last year. Uh, and I think last year exposed his coaching a little bit because he got exposed as kind of a not a not really a tough coach um, that knows how to control egos. And ultimately, that's what caused OKC their season uh, versus a young Donovan Mitchell-led Utah team. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how all that culminates. But on paper, this team is is definitely one of the top three teams in the West next year. Definitely changes my mindset on where the Lakers and Utah Jazz and <clears throat> even to an extent New Orleans all those teams that were good this year in the top three and four, they're going to slide right on down. It's going to make the West that much harder to get into and even make LeBron's quest to get the Lakers back to the playoffs that much harder with OKC making this move. Now, like I said, I think Melo gets picked up by the by the Houston Rockets and ultimately starts his career there uh, and finishes his career there. Because he doesn't have much basketball left to be played. I, I I think Carmelo has maybe two or three more years left in him before he retires. Or he'll need to sit down. And then he can focus on his son and, and you know, I don't know, <laughs> doing whatever Melo does post-basketball. I think that, honestly, Melo, for me, and like I said, I'm not the biggest Melo fan. But I think he traded away his championship window when he decided to sign a, uh, choose money in New York over winning and rings. Uh, those gold medals he's won in the Olympics don't equate to a ring. Um, a ring would solidify Carmelo Anthony's career. But Carmelo is just going to go down as a fantastic offensive piece that never got a ring. He's going to fall in line with the Charles Barkleys. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, God, uh, shoot, Philadelphia, Iversons. He's going to fall in line with those guys who never got a ring. But we're great. Um, and that just means nothing in this age. I mean, if you don't have a ring, you're not relevant. We have to recognize KD now because he has two rings and he's been the finals MVP in the last two finals. So we have to recognize him, though we don't like the trade and we don't like the team. We have to recognize him because of that. <clears throat> so ultimately, I think that both sides in terms of Melo and Dennis Schroeder, have some potential to be in great situations. Both of them obviously have some some attitude issues they need to sort off sort off and I think they both have to drop their egos wherever they go, especially Melo if he goes to Houston because Houston's trying to win a championship. Houston really does need a Melo, especially with his style of play because like I said earlier, he gives you a mid-range and he can slow the ball, the game down. Rather than having James Harden take all these loose threes down the uh, down the line, you have yet another guy that can score for you as well as a CP3 that can create and put Melo in great positions and make his job easy when it comes time to score. Also, it'll keep a guy like Melo in rhythm because at OKC, he wasn't really getting the ball. They turned him into a spot-up shooter, and that just wasn't his game near the end of the season which is why a lot of his numbers went down. But what I'm trying to say here is don't let those numbers 
keep you from understanding that Melo's still a good scorer. He's uh, <clears throat> I like to say he's like an ISO Joe in his last three years before he eventually went to the bench for the Houston Rockets. He can be that type of player for you. I think Melo can still give you 14 to 16 points and at least 13 to to uh, you know 13 to 20 points in the playoffs. I think he has he still has a 20 point game or two left in in the tank for him uh, to to in the playoffs and to make a team that much better. And I think the Rockets could th- to use him and definitely flourish with a guy like Melo as he's going into his last years in the association. So that's my opinion on. The Mello and Dennis Schroeder swap this offseason has been pretty much ridiculous for the NBA. I'll be covering some more things, but on the next episode, guys, we're going to switch it over to some TV shows. We got power coming up this weekend. I'm going to review how the season has been so far. As well as cover what 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 I expect to come up come out this next episode and down the line for the remainder of the season. So if you are a power fan, you like the TV show Power, and you're tired of me talking about sports because I know women are like what in the world? This is a sports channel. It's not a sports channel. I talk about NBA. I talk about NFL. <clears throat> if I feel like it, I even talk about baseball. Talk about all those things. Me being a former athlete, I'll give you an athlete's perspective, and I also give you legitimate sources. But I'm all about those TV shows because, you know, once Love and Hip Hop Los Angeles come back on, we're going to be talking about that, too, because there's a lot to talk about that in the celebrity world and add add some variety and versatility to the podcast. So that's going to do it for your boy, DJ 94. I hope y'all like everything y'all heard. If you agree with me or if you don't agree with me, let me know. Talk to me. You know, you can record to me. You can also hit me up on my Instagram at underscore underscore DJ 94. And you can talk to me there as well. Otherwise, this has been your boy DJ94. Till next time, peace.